Building WA, brought to you by HIA, the podcast bringing you all the latest news and insight into the residential building industry right here in Western Australia. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Building WA podcast. Just two months into 2022 and there's already plenty happening both within the industry and in WA. We'll get to all the latest news in just a moment. Today you get the fantastic opportunity to hear from Keystart Chief Operating Officer Lindsay O'Sullivan. In general, in the building industry, we speak so much about home ownership and how this continues to be the foundation that has helped build a stable and vibrant Australian society. But as we all know, there are barriers, most notably constraints around affordability that have been particularly heightened in recent years. And while the reopening of WA presents plenty of questions in terms of how the housing market will look in, say, one to two two, five, even 10 years time, Lindsay is able to share his insight with us today. But before we get to that, here's what's been happening in our industry here in WA. With the WA government recently announcing the state's hard border will come down on March 3rd, HIA has put out further clarification to members around certain protocols that will come into effect when WA reaches a very high caseload. When this is reached, critical workers will be granted permission to attend work during their isolation period if they are a close contact and do not have COVID-19 symptoms. Critical workers must be registered with the system only for the registration of employees, not contractors. Sole traders must register themselves. So for further information, please refer to the relevant member alert that can be found on the HIA website or simply contact HIA's workplace services team who can assist members with any queries in relation to COVID-19 restrictions. Now to housing. The WA government has also announced a housing diversity pipeline which will boost social and affordable housing options in the state. Planning Minister Rita Safiotti and Housing and Lands Minister John Kerry attended HAA's recent Intrax Industry Outlook event, confirming the government has identified a number of sites in both metropolitan and some regional areas and are seeking expressions of interest from industry regarding development opportunities. HAA WA Executive Director Kath Hart welcomed the announcement as a way to both boost social and affordable housing in WA, while also ensuring an ongoing pipeline of work for the state's residential construction sector. And registrations are now open for the HAA 2022 National Conference, which will be held on the Gold Coast. The conference provides exclusive networking opportunities offers inspiring presentations and provides the opportunity to come together to celebrate the best of the industry at this year's HIA CSR Australian Housing Awards. Simply register through the HIA website and follow the awards and events tab. The last few years have been challenging for everyone, but for some, the obstacles have been greater than ever before. But one avenue of help that has always been there and has helped countless West Australians get into home ownership is, of course, Keystart. And I'm pleased to say I'm joined today by Chief Operating Officer Lindsay O'Sullivan. Lindsay, it's fantastic to speak to you today, and I really look forward to hearing some of your insight as we discuss some of the unknowns of the year ahead, but also talk through the role Keystart continues to play in providing an affordable pathway to home ownership. Now, 
As many of our listeners know, Keystar offers low-deposit home loans, which allows Western Australians to get into home ownership faster, and then, of course, transition to a mainstream lender when they are ready to make the most of more competitive interest rates. First of all, Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit about why this more affordable pathway to home ownership is so important, especially in the current COVID climate? Thanks, Madeline. Great to be here. And thanks to HIA for the opportunity. You guys do such an important role for the industry. We're really proud to be part of uh, HIA. Look, home ownership is, is a dream for a lot of people, but it's a dream that is unattainable for people in certain circumstances. Largely, the what Keystart has found in its 32 plus year history is that the single biggest barrier is the ability to save for a deposit. And in an environment where there's, you know, increasing demand, where there's limited supply, where rentals aren't available, it just increases the desire people have to try and get into their own home. And I think COVID, what COVID has definitely done is is have people think, look around them and say, well, I'm spending a bit more time at home. Um, I want it to be the place that I really love. And, and so getting into that home ownership pathway is, is obviously really important and quite challenging for people. So Keystart plays a really simple role. It's a simple problem, but the ability to save for a deposit and we just make that easy by offering low deposit home loans. So how has the pandemic reinforced the importance of finding both safe and affordable housing? And has there been any kind of particular personal stories that have really stuck with you? Well, I think in Western Australia, it's obviously different to the rest of the country, you know, given Fortress WA. But the other thing that was different is leading up to the pandemic, we had five years of, of effectively no growth and in fact, property prices going down. And so that made people hold off for a little while. And so when the pandemic hit, it wasn't as bad. The impact economically wasn't as kind of bad as people were potentially were predicting. And then the government's coming in and playing their role and really supporting supporting the market and the industry with the grants at a state and federal level and low interest rates and consumer confidence being high. You just saw a, a huge response from the industry. So that was probably the first thing that we definitely saw. I've got an anecdote here. We got a message from a customer in late 2020 and while this person had got their loan a few years earlier, it just, for me, it really tells a story. And um, the guy's name is Todd and he sent us an email. He said, not sure if you're the right person to send this to, but here it is. I wanted to say a massive thank you to Keystart as a whole. Thanks to Keystart, I was able to build a house for me and my girlfriend while I was still a fourth year apprentice and she was studying. Had it not been for Keystart, there's no way that would have been possible. Nearly five years on and we are now married, have one old, a one-year-old boy, another one on the way. That house we built is now a home for my beautiful family and I'm forever grateful to Keystar for giving us a start in the property market. And this guy went on to talk about how he's now refinancing after four, four or five years with a, with a mainstream lender. You know, that's just absolutely classic Keystart story and it's something that, you know, gets us up in the morning every day to, to help more people and it's a great example of the impact that it can have. That's certainly a feel-good story and thank you for sharing that one with us today, Lindsay. When it comes to affordable and sustainable housing options in WA, where are we kind of sitting at the moment? What's what's the current lay of the land? I think it's a little tough. We saw a huge response from the grants. The time for it's taking people to build is obviously has been pushed out a lot, uh, partly through just the huge the tsunami of demand, but also the, the crunch we've had in terms of skills. We have seen the market drop a little bit in terms of interest. But what would the main thing we've seen is people shifting from building homes to established. You know, so the market will move. No matter, you know, even though the market market drops, people are still leaving home. They're still getting married. They're still getting their first job. They're still moving. 
and they're still growing their family. So there's always going to be that demand, particularly from first home buyers. So I'd say that there are some challenges there. The, the good news is we've seen property prices rise. Now, some might say that's a bad thing if they're entering the market for the first time, but it shows that the market is is starting to pick up and it's kind of back where it was about six or seven years ago. So we see that as being a really good thing. I think the other thing is sustainability is a really important, important factor and, and that's not only around the the build of the house but it's also where it's located its proximity to to transport its proximity to you know facilities and infrastructure and that's obviously really important to people as well so in terms of sustainable home ownership where do you feel wa is going to be in let's say five years time versus perhaps where we we should be down the line madeline let me just pull out my uh, crystal ball i'll give it a polish um i'm not one for for predicting the future but look i think we've We'll have a few ups and downs, particularly over the next year. As the borders open, we'll have our own um, wave of, of COVID and hit the community. You know, th- that'll impact a lot of people, shapes and confidence. But, you know, the fundamentals of the economy are still pretty strong. The flip side over that, after that initial kind of 12 months, the next couple of years, I think we'll see some expansion again. And that's because people will start to move to WA. All things going well. I think people will still be pretty bullish about Western Australia as a place to, place to live, bring up their families, to do, do business, employment's pretty strong, it's a great lifestyle and so we've still got a really good story to tell. So five years from now we'll have some few ups and downs but I think probably a relatively stable market after a couple of, da- a couple of years of going up and then some stability over, the, over that five-year period. One thing you can guarantee is interest rates will go up. You know, there's, you know, it's, you're never going to be, I'm never going to be um, someone who predicts where interest rates are going to go, but they're at the lowest they're ever going to be. And so I don't know what the timing of that is. There are much smarter economists than me out there who are, who are going to predict that, but we know that interest rates are going to go up. That'll probably shake some confidence, but even rates going up 1%, 2% of the next few years, they're still the lowest, you know, at really historically low levels. And People will start to get used to that and, and realise that they can afford it, particularly if we see wage growth starting to start to come through. From your perspective, Lindsay, where does the focus need to be in terms of planning for residential development in order to meet our state's needs? Now, as a lender, we don't, you know, our role is not to tell people where they should live or what they should live in. You know, our role is primarily to let people know or tell people how much we think they can afford within the limits that we that we have. So I think our our belief is making sure people have options and they are aware of what all those options are available to them you know, whether that be to build a new home to buy off the plan to build to buy a newly built home to buy an established home whether they want to live closer to the city or further away from the city in regional areas in far north or you know, into the wheat belt or wherever they may be and, and key starts definitely going to be there to support them so i think it's mostly about options now in order for options to be there, we need to make sure you've got good planning in place so that you've got good urban infill happening, which has got a variety of types of homes available to people at a variety of prices, um, and as well as you've still got good management of land release, management of, of new estates as well, because people will still want to want that as well. Now, Lindsay, I just want to go back for a moment to July 2019, so pre-pandemic days, when key starts income limits were increased for families, singles, couples, uh, as well as in regional areas. You also only lend for homes under $480,000 in the Perth metro area, if that's correct. And these limits are something quite unique 
to Keystart. Can you talk us through why these income limits were increased in 2019? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, the the main thing is, you know, we are a tool of government. You know, while we're a private financial institution, we're still owned by government. We're a policy tool of government. So government will look at Keystart and say, well, how can we be supporting economic development? How can we be supporting the community and what, what it wants to do? And sometimes we'll talk to government and say, look, it's time to adjust our levers. And that levers just means determines how much we're prepared to lend in any given year. So it's a you know, ongoing conversation we have with government around, you know, here's where we think the market's going, here's where we think we might need to adjust our limits in order to be able to support where the likely demand is. And sometimes government will also look at us as being it's supporting the economic stimulus that's happening in the economy as well. It's pretty stable at the moment, but you know, that's the some of the key drivers that we look at when we're working out what the right income limit should be or what the property purchase limit should be in the Perth metro area, regional WA or the Kimberley and, and uh, in the Pilbara. Your property purchase limit of $480,000, as mentioned, hasn't changed for more than five years. What's the kind of, what's the reasoning behind that? Well, historically, the the property purchase limit is around about, give or take, the median house price. And so we saw the median house price drop quite considerably over that period of time. And we didn't drop that limit because it wasn't the right thing to do. And so it's been pretty stable for that period of time, which is obviously a a really good thing. Now, the limits are reviewed each financial year. So what is the chance that these will change, whether that's going, you know, up or down beyond this financial year? Yeah, obviously the median house price has moved quite a lot in a relatively short amount of time, given that, you know, our experience over the last six years. So in the last six or nine months, it's moved from that, you know, probably less than 480 to that um, around about 530. So we are looking at looking at that and we are talking to government around, you know, is now the right time to to make that adjustment to, to make sure that we've still, as I talked about earlier, and making sure people have got options. So the, the problem is if we keep the our limits too low or too high for, you know, longer than they should, it can drive some, some activity we wouldn't want to see. So at 480, let's say the property, the median house price continues to go up what that'll do is it'll continue to push people further and further out into more marginal areas in the metro area, which we isn't necessarily what people want to do, and nor is it good for us as a financial institution to have all of our eggs in one basket, which is in the outer ring of Perth. So we will look at all those factors and say, well, isn't now now's the time to have a look? And, and we are having those conversations with government. Now, it's absolutely no secret that WA is dealing with skill shortages across a range of, of industries with the housing and construction uh, industry is obviously among some of the hardest hit. So combined with increasing property prices and almost, you know, no vacancy in the rental market, where are people going to live? I know it's it's hard to find one simple solution, but what, what do you think needs to happen? Maybe stay with mum and dad a bit longer. <laughs> Look, I think the, the, the great thing about, you know, I'm a firm believer in, a, in an efficient market. And so the market doesn't always get the timing right, but the market does move and adjust. And so I think that's what we'll see. You know, some unpredictability, people, it may not necessarily suit people's exact time frames. Um, and certainly seen that with that shift from building new to established, the market will adjust. Obviously, as borders open, we go through some of that uncertainty early, early days, then we'll start to see things start to flow, I think, a little bit, which is potentially more properties coming onto the market. So you've got some more 
interstate or in overseas migration happening in WA. And so I think we'll see just more of the same. So you'll have that combination of people looking to build, assuming there's land, affordable land available. And, you know, obviously we want to make sure that that's a, a, a critical part of the process. And then as builders' books start to free up a little bit as they complete the, the big elephant they've swallowed over the last 12 months, 18 months, then we'll start to see the, the option of building becoming more um, available to people. I think the other thing is government definitely has a policy objective in the medium to longer term around more infill. And so it's making huge investments in infrastructure, transport infrastructure under the metro, under Metronet. And as that land starts to be released, there's more, there's higher density in those locations. As some of the planning activity happens in more established areas and we see higher density, then I think you'll get more options available for people who, who, who would prefer that medium and high density. So it's not all, not all about, you know, apartment towers. It's just that good, healthy combination in different locations. So I think over the next five years, I'm pretty optimistic we'll see some movement of that. And the market doesn't often move super quick, but that's probably what we'll see. And, you know, be more of the same over time, but maybe a little bit more people moving into higher density locations. So this year we expect to see an increase in movement of people around Australia and the world, especially, you know, following WA's hard border coming down. What do we see happening in WA as a result of this? And and how will this kind of affect the, the housing and finance industry specifically? I th- one thing I'm sure of, there'll be a lot of commentary on it. And as the numbers go up, people go, look what's happening. As the numbers go down, look what's happening, you know, because there'll be people leave, will leave Western Australia when the borders open and they've got that certainty. And then you'll also see people moving back into WA or from overseas. So I think a bit of volatility is what to expect. What I'm sure about is that irrespective of what we see over the next 12 months, 24 months with movement of population, there is still a lot of latent demand in Western Australia irrespective. In late 2020, we did some research on, well, to try and answer the question, what is the size of the market of people in Western Australia who, who are already here, who would like to enter the market, but that deposit barrier is just, you know, potentially really difficult for them to overcome. And we were quite surprised with the numbers. So, you know, our estimates were, were 670,000 non-homeowner households in Western Australia at that point. Of that, the estimate through the analysis we did of the research was about 128,000 households would benefit from a key start loan, so a low deposit home loan. So it's 128,000 households who are probably dealt out of the market altogether unless they had access to finance without that big barrier. Of that, there were about 64,000 households who would qualify based on what our limits were at the time. And of that, about 42,000 of them were had a high propensity, so they were kind of keen in you know, potentially interested in moving now. You know, that's a pretty big number. When you think in the financial year ending 30th of June 2021, we wrote about 4,000 new loans. So there's still, a, you know, that's out of 42,000 were probably ready at that time. So there's still a lot of potential demand. And why don't people go? Well, they may not go because it's not exactly the right timing or they might have a bit of uncertainty or the options that we make available to them, like the property purchase limit or the income limits might be just slightly off. But it just shows that that even without that movement of people back into Western Australia, in and out, there's still a lot of demand here that's, you know, will support the industry for a long time. 
Finally, Lindsay, with the uncertainty around kind of at the moment about how life's going to look once once WA's border uh, does come down, what would you say is your advice for those who may have faced a challenging pathway to home ownership due to financial hardship and loss of stable income, whether it's, you know, in the past six months, 12 months or kind of pre-pandemic, what would your key kind of advice be as, as we move into the rest of 2022? Well, I think the first thing is be patient. You know, typically what we see with people who get some, have had financial hardship, it's temporary. You know, it might take a little while to get back on back on track, but it's really temporary. The second thing is avoid unnecessary debt. You know, that's probably the, the single bit, of, the biggest bit of advice. I can, particularly young people who are just starting out and they're starting that process, avoid getting into too much debt, particularly the debt which is which can recycle. So buy now, pay later is can be quite challenging. I know it's really popular. It's a great service for people, but it's something that become quite addictive. And there's a very strong correlation between people who've got lots of buy now, pay later and likelihood for default, and that will impact your credit score. And that will then impact your ability to be able to get a home loan. So get on top of that stuff. Make sure that you've got a bit of a plan around your savings. It's always good to have, have that. If that becomes difficult, then Key Start's a great option. And then go and get some advice, whether that be, you know, proper financial advice or whether be just have a look at like even at keystart.com.au. We have lots of blog articles around the types of things to think about when you're getting into home ownership, how to get ready for it, the things to avoid, you know, how to get all your information together so when you're ready, you're able to move. And probably um, when you are ready to make that move, don't make the first move the biggest move, you know, be, try and be a little bit conservative around what you're looking to do. It's probably, even though it might be, you're thinking it's your forever home, it's more than likely not, not going to be your forever home. So, you know, start modest and then, and then start to move up from there. Lindsay, we really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you so much for your time and, and thanks for being part of the Building WA podcast. Yeah, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's another episode of Building WA and with plenty of content around at the moment, make sure you are keeping an eye on your social media channels as well as making sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Next time, we'll speak to HIA Chief Economist Tim Reardon. As we know, he always has plenty of knowledge about the latest housing trends with the situation continuing to evolve as WA prepares to open its border to the rest of the country and the rest of the world. So make sure you tune in for that one. But until next time, thanks again for your company on Building WA.